One bourbon, one scotch, and one bill. One bourbon, one scotch, and one bill. Hey, Mr. Bartender, come here. I want another drink and I want it now. My baby, she gone, she been gone tonight. I ain't seen my baby since not a full leg. One bourbon, one scotch, and one bill. Basketball and bullshit. I'm Chad Huffman. Um, my co-host is Tyler Johnson. Some of y'all might know him. Say hi, Tyler. What's going on, Bourbon World? <laughs> So we decided since our first podcast, we'd start out with a little intro. Um, I want, I'm going to let Tyler talk first. He could tell us what got him into bourbon, what's his favorite bourbon. If he has any really good bourbon stories he wants to give us, he can do that. So you can go ahead, Tyler. Oh, wow. Bourbon stories. Holy moly. Uh, I think I've got a few of those. Um, let's see. Uh, I live here in Lexington. Yeah, Tyler Johnson. That's my name. Uh... You know, being a Kentucky boy, you uh, you drink bourbon almost your entire life, but the but the co- uh, collecting and drinking, you know, as much as you possibly can, and and kind of buying and hunting and all that stuff. That's all. I'm about a year into all that. Um, but yeah, like I said, I you know started drinking cheap cheap bourbon and whiskey when I was you know 18, 19, 20 years old, and never really stopped. Um, and then you know when this kind of craze me. You know, this, this bourbon craze kind of started, you know. I guess I kind of latched onto it and it got crazy. Uh, about a little under a year ago, a buddy of mine, Ryan McGuire, which we, which we both know, yeah. um, came into town with a really couple couple really cool bottles. Uh, one I remember was the Blanton's Gold. And uh, at the time, I just had a couple of cheap bottles on my shelf. And that was like something clicked to me. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I want to drink I want to drink the rare shit possible. I read that's, that's you know, to be drinking for such a long time and not really diving into it, you know, it was it just something clicked and it, you know, I, I kind of latched on. So Blanton's Gold was the first bottle that really got you into hunting and looking for bottles. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it was just the aspect of it. I think it was one of the uh, obviously it was one of the European ones, up yeah, uh, seven hundred liters. Um, so that that really kind of was like, oh, that's awesome, you know, some European stuff. That's cool. Uh, that was a little bit new to me at the time. So yeah. Uh, for sure. That's some good juice, too. I've had the gold and the, uh, uh, I went to Aaron, a buddy of mine, Aaron Neff's house, uh, when I was interview, interviewing for the job up here, and he gave me some 30th anniversary or something that was really garbage, but most of the Blantons I've had has been really good. For sure. Consistent. Yeah. Definitely consistent. Well, that proof down stuff is going to do that, so... Um, I guess I'll go into my intro and how I got here, uh, probably two and a half years ago. I, uh, really was a vodka drinker and my buddy, Jonathan Cleefit, who's also in bluegrass, uh, met him through playing volleyball and he got me into drinking bourbon and drinking it straight, not just mixing it with soda or whatever. Um, first when I got there, man, I was, I was such a little sissy. I would I couldn't drink anything over ninety proof without wanting to spit it out because it was burning the shit out of my throat and my tongue. So I uh I slowly gathered an appreciation for the higher proof stuff. Uh now if it's not 
120 proof. I laugh at it. It's it's crazy how much you can evolve over just a year. I'm sure you'd say the same thing just from the Blantons. Um. So yeah, yeah I think the way that your palate matures is kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry to cut you off there, but oh, it's, that, that's one thing I've really learned. Stuff tastes so much differently now than it did back then, and it still continues to. Oh yeah, feel free to cut me off anytime because I'm gonna just ramble until you have something to interject. No, nah, that, that that'll be helpful. All yeah, right. I, uh, try not to. All right, so uh, I went. I I did that, and the first bottle that really got me into collecting, which you might be surprised to hear, was a Smooth Ambler Ten Year. Um, just the regular offering Ten Year. I found it on the on a road trip back from. Uh, Atlanta in a store, and I thought I was doing something. I thought I had something to flip. And I got back, and my buddy's like, no, nah, it's not worth anything. So I opened it, and it really, that's what shot me into being a lover of Smooth Ambler in the way I am. Um, and then you're, meeting... You're, you're, you're definitely a Smooth Ambler legend, and um, I would say those, those even those seven years that you would find, the, the, they did like seven and nine and ten. Those, those were solid, man. Oh, yeah. Well, the seven the seven years a different uh, that was straight bourbon, and then the ten year is a blend of two different bourbons. So it was it was a different. They had three different skews. They started off with bourbon wise, which was rye. Then they had the seven year, and then they had the ten year that was always ten year. The seven year fluctuated a little bit. Um, but then the first time I went down there and met all the people there, that's what really got me interested in Smooth Ambler because they're just an amazing group of individuals. And then it doesn't hurt that the bourbon's awesome. So, fast forward to now, I've been an admin of Bluegrass, BB&T, um, and several other pages of lesser notoriety. Um, I've been in, involved in quite a few altercations on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, we know about that. Of, of, var- of varying uh, veracity, so... Um, yeah, that's probably about all about me. I mean, my favorite, obviously, my fra- my favorite whiskey now is always going to be Smooth Ambler. Uh, I go into, uh, I really like, I really like that new toasted barrel bourbon or rye was really good. Um, pretty much yep, anything, I try anything good. now. What's your favorite? If you had to pick one. Like a, just um, something that I have access to, or something you know, just like you know, super rare. Like, I mean, oh, that's what I would either do. either one. It's just something you'd say that that's my go-to. If I could have that all the time, I'd have it. Or I mean, you could do both. Do something that's super rare that you love, or do and do something that you can get your hands on all the time that you love. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, all times are, are the are the uh, just the Weller stuff. Those are those are going to be. For me, the best pours. Yeah, uh, they just did. They just did it differently back there, back then, and it's never going to taste like that again. Um, I have a super cool story, real fast. Um, Go right ahead. when I started collecting, um, my mom was. Um, she jumped on board with me because she's always been like an eBayer and just like hustling things, like mm-hmm. going to Goodwills and reselling them. It's really weird. I'm not sure why she does it, but it <laughs> actually paid off. So one time she calls me, and she's in Nevada, and she's at like a Salvation Army. And she says, um, Tyler, you remember when we were talking about uh, the old Kevin Stills, the Schizoella juice? She goes, I'm at this store, and there's a full decanter. And I was like, 
Mom, does it look like it's been tampered with or anything? She's like, no, it's got a tax strip on it. It's good to go. I'm like, and it's full of juice? She's like, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. You hold on to that fucking thing, and you never let go of it. Um, so, and it was it was marked at $11. Wow. You know, I don't, it just, I don't have that bottle's worth about $400 at least. That's crazy um, that they so were then, selling that at Goodwill. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, it was, I think it's Salvation Army is what, it, what oh. it was. I can't remember exactly. Um, and then, so, she calls me back, and I'm so excited. I'm sitting there, I think I'm at work or something, and I'm like, I'm like, you know, running around, especially because I was early in the, early in the collection, so to add a, to, to add a bottle like that, it's like out of this world. She calls me back, and she says, Tyler, I've got another one. And so she had walked around the store, and I'm like, somewhere else in the store, there was another one. So I ended up getting two of them for $22. Wow. And she, she brought them back with her on the plane. It was sick. It was, that, was, uh, that was one of my best scores. So, yeah, uh, and then I've had some other old Stitzel Weller stuff that's really good. So I would say that's, that's been all-time for there. But daily drinkers, man, I, I like uh, I go from one thing to the next. So I've been on a Smooth Ambler kick. I've got a lot of their bottles. I've got a ton of Four Roses bottles. I was on a Four Roses kick yeah. for a long time. Uh, and then I got some OWA picks, and I really like, you know, the variety and uh, what you get with that. I think when you get something different every time with those picks, they're always unique. I really like Four Roses as well. I, I used to be a huge Four Roses hater. I'd never – I wouldn't even – Somebody tried to give me a Four Roses small batch one time, and I told him to keep it. And then I went on a uh, a pick, a Four Roses pick with Ed Blay, and I found out they had all these different recipes. And it was just crazy to figure that out, because I'd never really delved into it being a $60 bottle, and I knew I didn't like the other stuff. So once I found that out, I became a, a Four Roses lover, too. And Yeah, Ed, Ed Blay's picks are out of this world. I've been lucky enough to go with him and be a part of quite a few of them, which is awesome. Unfortunately, living up here, that won't happen as much, but I might get to go on his next wild turkey with him, hopefully. You know, I, I did one uh, at wild turkey with him, and it was probably one of the best bourbon experiences of my life, just kind of, you know, picking his brain. Um, that's cool that you guys are close. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, how many, uh, yeah, that's what I want to know. How many barrels did you with Ed? How many barrels did they lay out for you guys that day? We tried, I think, 10 barrels or 8. It was 8 or 10. No, not the first time. That was the second time we went, and I picked a mythical barrel that time. The first time we went, I think it was 6 or 6, I think. But we were only picking yeah, that's one. What I've, heard. I've heard 6 is a, is a pretty standard number, but I was like, man, I wonder if Ed was there if they laid out like 10 barrels or something like that. Well, the next time we went in there, they had given him the runaround for the, uh, a few months before that, not knowing if we were going to be able to pick the barrel I wanted to pick or not. So when we got in there, he had talked to somebody, and they had rolled out 10 that day for us uh, to pick the mythical ball barrel, which is really good. And we were there for the uh, scram barrel as well, which I got to grace the uh, sticker of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool, man. I think that's every uh, bourbon. Every bourbon uh, drinker's dream, right there, like to have your face on the on the side of the sticker of a pick that you did. That's always cool. I guess I could I guess I could go into that story too, since we've got a little time of what transpired that day at Four Roses. Um, I went up there with a couple of my buddies. Uh, we sat there all night long, and one of them got a little more drunk than the rest of us, and which tends to happen in those kind of gatherings. And that sounds like me. That sounds like me. I'm yeah. Bad. Except you seem to be a little more uh, respectful when you get drunk. Although, last time I got drunk, you, I was also too drunk to remember. So, 
And I was beating a possum to death, so respectability was not my top uh, priority that night. Um, yeah, we went so hard. We went so hard that night. You took it, you took some time off from drinking. Yeah, that's all, I'm taking a month right now because I needed a re- reset. Uh, but anyway, we went up there and s- people kept bringing food, and then they just set it down next to the chairs. And when we got up the next day, everybody was just sleep deprived and. Didn't even think about it. Got up and left it all there. I mean, I was a little bit of a part of it. I had a couple Coke bottles there, and I had some of the food. I'm not going to lie. But my my portion was a lot smaller than the rest. But I was the most well-known of the group, so it fell upon my shoulders to take the brunt, which is fine. I live with it. I've got big shoulders. So that ended well, I up... Think I, remember you put, I think you put one of your Al Young bottles up at college, didn't you? I did. I I got two that day. Not that that makes everything okay, but you know what I'm saying? I think that was a hell of a gesture. Well, I mean, that was the least I could do at that point. So, uh, we were even going to the second, no, Cox's Creek, we got out of the car. I, at that point, I really had very little idea of what was going on, but I just, people were staring at me and I felt awkward. I was like, what is going on here? And then I started seeing the Facebook blow up and knew what had happened. Oh, wow. I didn't know that part of it. Yeah. Me bugging you shit. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just looking at me out of the corner of their eye. And I'm like, damn. Uh, I'm getting a lot of uh, <laughs> getting a lot of unfresh looks here. <laughs> so that's what transpired in me getting uh, my face on Oscar the Grouch and on the Scram Bottle. So uh, I figured the first thing we'd go over is what... Uh, we might go. Let's do BTAC in uh, or in uh, Old Forester Birthday Bourbon first, and then we'll talk about Whiskey Bible. Uh, have you had BTAC? Did you mean this year's releases? Yeah. No. no have you had I'm the past years? Like I didn't hear what you said after that. Have you had the past years? Oh yeah, absolutely. Man. What do you For think sure. about those? Oh my goodness. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm an Eagle Rare. Yeah, uh, I'm not a fan of those at all. Even though I can't really sit here, I've had I think two years of it. But I just uh, last Wednesday we had an epic uh, little tasting. Yeah, and I had uh, an 08, so it was from '91. Um, it was it was terrible, honestly. Um, and then I've had uh, 14 or something like that, and it wasn't didn't impress me at all. I think uh, the handies are great. Uh, especially when you find out that they're such a young rye, mm-hmm. like what six or seven years typically they are. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, the, the handies I've had, uh, 14, 15, 16, I think most of those are always in samples. These are not bottles that I've bought. Uh, yeah. you, know, you and I are blessed to be in cost and shipping groups. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I get to sample a lot of this stuff. Uh, but yeah, I've not, I've not bought a lot of these bottles that I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, I've had three, three or four years of handies and they're all, all, really been good 15 and 16 especially in my opinion um i've had uh 15 and 16 william william weller that was really good both of those were really good uh a couple years of stags that were both really good uh and i don't know that i've ever had a says uh a says so those are a little tougher to come by yeah i'm sure that's probably the best of the bunch too not from what i hear but i I mean it's it's all according to taste. A lot of people palates are different than other people's, so um yeah. Uh Old Forester birthday bourbon, what are your thoughts on that? So yeah, I haven't had the seventeen yet. I had a transaction to the internet, one of those little websites, um, 
where you like where you order like three or four real quick when somebody posted on a site and yeah. it tells you that you got it, you score it, it ended up falling through. Um, so I've not had 17, but yeah, I've had 14, 15, 16, like 11 all through samples. I actually own a, a couple of them. So I've had a couple uh, out of my own bottles. Uh, it's just really balanced, really good. I think uh, good low proof, you know, I wish it wasn't so hard to find because I'd love for it to be my daily. Well, I know you're. Uh, I know you're a Kentucky Owl Rye lover. I'm drinking that right now as we speak. I'm not even joking. Have you had the bourbons? Uh, like I sampled, I think one. It was either one or six I sampled. Oh, six. Uh, uh, batch I, one. It, it was just average. It was just average to me. Yeah. I think it was one. Actually. Uh. Btax, I don't have a whole lot of experience with. I had the stag over at Julie's house, Julie and Ricky. Um, I think I, I that may be the only one I've ever had, honestly, because it's never been something that's really interested me too much. Uh, just the the sheer expense of it, especially on the secondary market. Um, oh, Forster birthday bourbons. Uh, last year's I liked. Fifteen I thought was garbage. Garbage was terrible. I haven't had this year, so I don't know what to do. I just traded one to get a uh, a Al Rye just because I knew I'd drink that and enjoy it after having it with you. Um, yeah, I, I, I saw that transaction actually. And the Owls, I love. I've loved it. I when I first started getting Owls, which was batch, it was a single barrels, which was four, five, and six, I believe, or no, uh, three, four, and five were all single barrels. And that's when I got it. I got one of the barrels, and it was only going for. I mean, on secondary market, it was base. I mean, that's all you you were getting your money back cost. Um, and then wow. they just blew up. And I'd already opened up the two bottles I had, so <laughs> lost profits. Um, right. So have you have you been a big line sitter? Have you done a whole lot of lines? Uh, I've done it a few times, man. I've, I've really caught the raw end of it, man. I've, I've been the, the first. Yeah, I mean, I've actually done it a bunch of times. Uh, but, yeah, I, there's been three or four times right off the top of my head where I've been like one or two people short of catching a cool bottle. Oh, man. Uh, so I've only been a part of one lottery system, uh, so I'm not too familiar with those. But, yeah, I've sat in a lot of lines and just come up short a bunch of times. Well, in your job, I bet it's tough to to because most of those lines start at the time where you're, you know, working. So you'd probably get there later yeah, in the night. Yeah, yes and no. You know, I'm either it's either it's either I'm completely free the whole day or no, my whole day's fucked. So yeah, you're kind of right. Uh, I've I've been unfortunately a part of quite a few lines, um, some good, some bad. I've I've camped out. I don't know. You just I mean, not really camping. It's sort of just sitting. <laughs> it's sitting in a chair. I did that for Pappy. Last year, year for last, year for last, at Ernie's down in uh, Corbin, Kentucky, uh, I just happened to walk in there, and they told me that they were getting it the following week. So I showed up at I think it was nine o'clock the night before. I was going to go in the middle of the night, but I couldn't sleep, so I was like, Psh, I might as well go ahead and down there. There was already a guy that had been there since eight o'clock the day before. So I mean, I was still second in line, but it. Uh, Turned out I got a, a Pappy 20 that night. I didn't keep it, obviously, because I'm not stupid. Um, Alright, next topic. I was going to talk about the hot button issue this week uh, on a lot of the uh, pages, the bourbon pages. 
Whiskey Bible. I know you don't have a whole lot of knowledge on this, other than the four grain. What do you What do you know about it? About Whiskey Bible? Yeah. Uh, well, obviously, this is my first year really seeing, you know, seeing it unfold and seeing what it did to the market and stuff like that. Um, I don't put too much thought into it, though, man. I kind of went back, and uh, when I saw that what the market was kind of doing, I was like, let's see what this guy's, you know, what his, what his repertoire is, you know. So I kind of went back and looked. You know, obviously, uh, last year's, I think it was the year, was, if I'm remembering correctly, I'm sure I am, Booker's Rye. Yeah. Which everybody loves. That's like the most successful fucking release in history. I've had it. It's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but, like, when I, when I remember looking at 15 year and 16 picks, man, Garrison was his pick of the year one year, like, mm. for micro whiskey of the year. Like, that's fucking terrible. Um, there was some. Uh, there were a couple other. I didn't write. I hadn't taken any notes. And I'm just going off the top of my head. But there was a couple other where I was like, this shit is terrible. Did you happen to notice um, what his so whiskey of the year was well, before? I don't know if he's getting paid on his reviews. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know what it's really all about. I did like four grains. Yeah. Um, uh, super, well, I mean, it's super balanced. I mean, I feel like, I feel like it was just an easy, really easy to drink pour. I mean, I, I liked it a lot. Um, <clears throat> I actually never owned a bottle, but I sampled it twice and liked it both times. Um, it was just unique for sure, but, uh, yeah, I don't, $300 a bottle was crazy to me. Did you see what his whiskey of the year was, not last year, but the year before? It'd be twenty. Twenty fifteen, I think, is what it was, or no? Yeah, twenty eighteen, twenty twenty sixteen, because last year was twenty. He picked. Uh, right. um, was it William Weller? Was that what it was? No, it was Crown Royal Rye. Oh yeah, that, that was the one. See, that's another one that I was sitting here thinking, like, what else was it? It was. It was like Crown Royal Rye or something like yeah. that. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Harvest Rye, Crown Royal, which was, yeah, obviously. A crazy pick. Uh, my thoughts on it is well, my thoughts in general. What What do you think about people that do reviews on Facebook? Oh, you mean like fucking your boy? Uh, what the hell is this name? I don't want to say it. Um, the dude from Whiskey know, Enthusiasts yeah, or anybody in general yeah, doing yeah, e- either either yeah, video or written out reviews, whatever you want to. I mean, they're obviously two different mediums. You either have to make it entertaining. For me, you either have to be super entertaining, or you have to have like a, 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 a be so well known that I'm just going to listen to you, even if it's kind of boring. I just want to hear what you got to say about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of middle ground for that, in my opinion. Yeah, I can understand that at that point of view. I think the people that the new phenomenon of being on Facebook and everybody thinking just like this podcast uh, that your point of view means something is uh is sort of it's crazy. I mean, just people that nobody knows. I mean, who, why do I care what your palate what you think is good and what you think is bad? And do I need to watch a 15-20 minute video on any on every profile or every uh Facebook page in order to learn about what you think about some off the wall whiskey that nobody's ever going to try? It uh the people that take their time to do blogs and type it out and everything like, I don't know if I even think that's, I mean, I guess it's a lot of those people are more well known. So it makes sense. But 
at the same time, I'm not sit, I'm not doing this podcast so I can sit here and tell people notes on things because what I think about a whiskey and what you think about a whiskey might be to- two totally different things. Everybody's palate's different. Um, but like we said, the this guy's name is Jim Murray, which first of all made me think about uh, the Murray brothers and comedians, uh, Bill Murray. Uh, but his his whiskey of the year this year is four grain, and like you said, that's it's a good whiskey. I mean, it's like you said, very well balanced. Uh, it's it's not gonna when I had it the two times I had it, I didn't really care for it. Uh, but it's not my cup of tea. Uh, the Mongols love it, obviously. They, I think he, ch- I got traded that for uh, uh, old, old Rip Van Winkle when I had one of the uh, four, one of the four grains somebody traded me. Uh, I just find that he he picks things sometimes, and then people go out and get it based on this guy's opinion when he just picked Harvest Rye two years ago. I mean. It just it doesn't make any sense to me that a guy like you said picked Balkan's Blue Corn as micro whiskey of the year this year. Balkan's Blue Corn might be the worst whiskey I've ever put in my mouth. One of the few things I've almost spit out. One of the only things that has ever ruined Coke Zero for me. And if you can cut through Coke Zero with a whiskey, you got bad whiskey. Because that's the point. You just want to taste a little bit of it. You don't want to overpower your Coke Zero with whiskey or vice versa. I guess it depends on what you're there for. But when I put it in a whiskey, I just want it to taste. If I want to put Diet Coke or Coke Zero in it, I want it to change the taste a little bit. Just a different aspect of it. Have you, You've never had, see, obviously, I blue corn. I didn't, I didn't even see the... I don't know how I missed that. I didn't even see about the Balconies or whatever um, about this year. I was talking about fucking last year, or it was the year before that, where he had Garrison's on there. Now, that was Garrison's last year's. Had, 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 that, that's terrible. Yeah. So I didn't know that um, that that, that, that Balcones was on there this year. I, I heard terrible. No, I haven't had it, but I've heard awful things about that. So this guy's consistently, I mean, he still knows, probably knows way more than me, so I'm not sitting here saying he's a nobody, obviously, but this guy's consistently picking stuff that's really not good. Well, I think he, for some reason, I've noticed he picks a lot of uh, Texas for his micro. Just to pick on one thing he picks, it's a lot of Texas-born whiskeys. I don't know if that's just his jam, but every every te- Texas whiskey I've ever had has been atrocious, Garrison Brothers included. And they charge out the... I mean, people were complaining about Peerless charging what they charge for their rye. And Garrison Brothers started that whole revolution before even Peerless thought about being around. And Peerless got good reviews. I mean, it got bad ones too, but it got a lot of good ones. So, Peerless uh, is really good I mean, stuff. I've never heard anything good about Garrison. No. Now, they're coming out with a new whiskey I heard that was supposedly pretty decent. But, uh, I mean, just for Texas is so hot. They don't have a whole lot of the ups and downs in temperature. So I can't imagine it would be too great for... For aging whiskey, I feel like you get a lot more uh, you get a lot more alcohol taste, which is what tends to happen when you get something from them, because it's sucking all the flavor out and leaving all the whiskey and all the uh, alcohol in there. Yeah, they need that. They need that. That KY weather. <laughs> and uh, he had uh, Pikesville Rye was his up to ten year rye, which I've heard good things about it. But come on. 
Pikesville rye is your best rye up to 10 years? Yeah, especially when we just talked about Andy being a, a six-year or whatever it was last year. Or I can't. it was this year that it was. He had one of them, either it was a Saz or a Handy that was on his list as something. I can't remember what it was. Let me look. Uh, I do like Pikesville rye. I will say that. But, you know, I, I haven't done the research behind it, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's different. I think it's like... 51, only 51% rye, which, you know what I mean, typically is like, that's, you know, that's not really very much rye. I think bully rye is something like 96% rye. Well, it's you only a six-year, too. So, this is his, this is his, uh, that Pikesville rye was from last year, by the way, not this year. Or no, oh, it's, okay. no, he, that was under his, uh, his rye, his rye, he has a, he has a separate, American whiskey, which is bourbon and and rye, are two different things. Uh, and he has Canadian whiskey. He still has Northern Harvest Rye as number one uh, Crown Royal Canadian whiskey of the year. Uh, <clears throat> so in his American whiskey section, number one four grain. Okay, number two Sazerac. He put Thomas Handy Sazerac. I'm pretty sure those are two different things, but I'm not positive on that. Well, uh, Sazerac owns Handy, but yeah, yeah. that's two, two different things. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the U.S., the, the microbrew was Balconies. And then he put the runner-up was uh, 291 East Colorado, aged 333 days, which I actually heard that Colorado whiskey was pretty good. Uh, is that uh, I had Breckenridge Breckenridge isn't very good just their standard yeah I had it one time I didn't like it is it Alan Atkins uh, on the PCS page that always uh, reps them the Colorado I don't know I know I think he lives in Colorado I don't know if that's one of his favorite cores or anything like that I know he I know he's got quite the palate I doubt he fucking loves Breckenridge but I mean you could be right actually well I was talking about I was talking about the Colorado, the East Colorado, 291 East Colorado whiskey. I oh, think he, he had yeah, it up there the other that. day. Right. Uh, his no age statement, multiple barrels, is George T. Stagg. Um, nine years and under, he has, Yes. Nine years and under is Buffalo Trace Experimental Collection or organic six is grain the, whiskey. Was that the six grain one? Yeah. So he's not really going out on any limbs when it comes to uh, whiskeys, and his his list of of uh, single malt Irish whiskeys and all that are just tremendous. Too much to go through, and he's got like twenty different whiskeys on here. Asian whiskey of the year is Paul John Kenya from India. Did you Never see pictures? You seen pictures of this guy? No, uh, maybe just one. He looks like Indiana Jones' is... grandfather. <laughs> He's got the hat and everything. All he needs is a whip. Like fucking crocodile Dundee looking at his motherfucker. Well, that's all the topics I have for whiskey. I guess we'll talk a little basketball, which obviously you said you don't know a whole lot about. 
you know, I think any year when you want to talk about UK basketball, you can just say they're young. What's Coach Kyle going to be able to do with them? How's it going to work out? You know, hopefully he can get past the injuries. What is it, Vanderbilt? He's hurt right now? Possibly. They're yeah, having a second opinion. Should be a stud. Uh, just watching Big Blue Madness was just Friday. And watching that, they're going to be incredibly long and and athletic like they are most years, so... Um, I guess we'll close it out. We'll just make it a little shorter podcast. This next time I'll have more topics for us to talk about. Uh, anything? Any yeah, closing be- thoughts about uh, anything you'd like to talk about? Nah, man. I appreciate you uh, wanting to do this. I- I'm, all, I'm always down to talk bourbon. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I just want people to know that end up listening to this, man. We kind of just put this together. We didn't really. This was just kind of off the top, so yeah. Uh, hopefully, y'all enjoyed it. Uh, usually, my, my stuff is a little bit more exciting. I got you know, shirtless chugs and stuff like that, but this is a little bit more tame version. I hope uh, we didn't bore you to death. Guys, <laughs> I really appreciate anybody, anybody that tuned in. Well, we're only going about 35, 40 minutes, so hopefully, they don't fall asleep in that time period. Yeah, uh, I mean, I love bourbon um, pursuit, but some of those, you know, when they go an hour, I'm like, okay, let's wrap it up. <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to say we're going to try to do this weekly. Sundays, hopefully. I'll probably have it up on Monday because I'll have to do a little editing. Um, put the theme song in. Uh, hopefully, we'll go a little bit longer most times. I really wanted to start out with the intro, and I didn't know how long those were going to last. So I didn't have that many subjects to go over. Um, I did have... Uh, I did find a... Uh, Basil's Hay- Basil Hayden Dark Rye up here this week that I'm pretty excited about trying once I'm drinking again. Have you had yeah, that before? Yeah, I, know I, I know you're on a little hiatus. I'm typically not a huge bean guy, uh, and especially not a huge Basil uh, Hayden guy. Uh, I have had some really good uh, JT picks though, so you can't. I can't say that I don't. I don't occasionally like Jim Beam uh, Booker's. You know, Booker's puts out some good products too, so. I don't hate Jim Beam. I'm just typically not a huge Jim Beam guy, but I'm especially really not a huge Basil, uh, Basil Hayden fan. To be I don't particularly like Basil Hayden either, but I thought the dark rye sounded interesting with the different. I mean, they're blending two different ryes and port wine with it, so I mean, it could be good or it could be awful. But for forty bucks, it was worth a shot. So that's what this journey's all about. Exactly. So uh, until next time, you all have good pours and enjoy yourself. We're out. Take care, guys. Turn it in. Yeah, thank you. One bourbon, one scotch, and one bill. One bourbon, one scotch, and one bill. Hey, Mr. Bartender, come here. I want another drink and I want it now. My baby, she gone. She been gone tonight. I ain't seen my baby since night of full end. One bourbon, one scotch, and one beer.